Well, hey, friends, welcome to this week's Q on Q. Well, twas the night before Christmas, and at least all through our house, final details are being put on food for tonight's big gathering, so it's really not super quiet like in the uh, story we're all used to reading. We have family over and do our big event and gift exchange tonight, and we're getting ready for Christmas Eve services. Excited to share the Christmas message through word and through song. Just about tied up all the details, but Still so much to do. So I'm a list person. I have a to-do list for pretty much everything and write out to-do lists every day with times I want to accomplish things. Sometimes people say I have too many lists and I'm way too organized. I'll take that as a compliment. Well, one of the things we have a list for is Christmas gifts. My wife and I both add things and go back and forth on what to get the kids and other friends and family, and it's an organized way to keep note of what we've gotten and what we still need to get. But sometimes I get overwhelmed by the amount of text and tables and highlights and grids on the document that I have to make a separate list within the list, and that list is the list of what's left to buy. And as we approach Christmas Day, that list gets shorter and shorter, But the anxiety that can build from knowing we still have so much to get and do sometimes can be a bit overwhelming. And despite all of the planning, it doesn't always work out perfectly. You know, we've busted the Christmas budget, but we still have three people to buy for. Or what about so-and-so that we forgot? That'll never get here on time if we ship it now. Let's go, kids. Late night store run to the stores open till midnight to get the things we forgot. It all happens to the best of us. And if you're one of those people who has your stuff so organized that you're done shopping months and months before the holiday, please teach me your ways. (laughs) We find ourselves doing this every year, even though we say we're going to start earlier and be better next year. And between tonight and tomorrow and throughout this season, there will be much exchanging of gifts. And no one is going to know if you bought it a month ago or a year ago or yesterday. Some of you will love what you get. Some of you might wonder what the giver was thinking, but hopefully you'll appreciate the intent with which it was given. There are some interesting facts about what people do with gifts they get this time of year. Retailers say an estimated 10 to 15% of all Christmas gifts will actually be returned. Stores are jammed the day after Christmas with shoppers taking back gifts and getting cash or something better. You know, the clothing didn't fit, the computer didn't have the right features, or your kid wants a different video game. And another estimated 10-15% to of Christmas presents are what they call dead-end gifts, meaning they won't be used or will be forgotten about. This is usually because the recipient gives them little to no value, or just tosses them aside and doesn't give attention to receiving them. And the rest of the gifts will be used and loved. Most of us, especially parents, know the feeling of excitement when one of our kids or a loved one or a friend opens a gift and reacts with pure joy. Maybe it's just what they wanted, or maybe it's a welcome surprise. When a gift is embraced, loved, and used, it might be hard to tell who gets the most pleasure, the giver or the receiver. But valuing and cherishing the gifts we are given gives them a special significance. So what is the value in a gift. Why do we give what we give, and why does it matter what we give? And why were we given the gifts we were given? The Magi gave gifts to Jesus, and that simple act launched a beautiful tradition. But in the midst of all the holiday hubbub, 
it can be easy to forget another very individualized package God gives to each of us, the gifts each one of us has. Have you ever thought about that? You have a gift, probably many gifts, endowed by the Creator to make you uniquely you. But those gifts aren't just to keep to ourselves. We are all a part of a bigger picture, a body of sorts. Each part is especially equipped to perform a vital function. Each part adds value to the body because all the parts are called to work together. Your strengths are your unique patterns of behavior, thoughts, emotions, and skills. Your strengths are God's gift to you. Each of us has a special combination of them. No one has the same gifting that you have in the way that you have it. So you could say that your uniqueness is truly a one-of-a-kind gift. If we receive delight in giving gifts that are appreciated and put to use, imagine how God must feel when we receive and use the strengths He has given us. It's easy to return something for store credit, especially when the other person might not know. It's easy to put aside a gift that isn't exactly what you wanted. And likewise, it could be tempting to want to exchange your strengths for others you admire more. You might wish to ignore your strengths or think of them as a dead-end gift and never use them. But one of the very best ways you can worship Christ at Christmas is to receive the gift of strengths he gives you and use it. I try every summer to grow vegetables in a small raised garden in the backyard, and it's kind of become, I don't want to say laughable, but every year the results are pretty bad. This past year, we did have an overabundance of peppermint and basil. So if you needed peppermint and basil, you could have swung by the house. I can be very proud of these big but very limited crops until I look at the gardens of my friends, who produce tons of peppers, onions, tomatoes, and a bunch of other vegetables I didn't even know existed. And then all of a sudden, my basil suddenly doesn't seem like much. I know that having a green thumb is not one of the talents I've been given, and I could have let the success of others turn it into jealousy. It's important to remember God blesses and entrusts each of us with talent, influence, and spiritual gifts. But have you ever looked around your friends, community, or small groups and wondered why you don't have the same gifts other people got? God calls you to use all of your gifts all of your talents, and your influence to serve others. Have you ever stopped to take inventory of your life and really look at all of the gifts you've been given? Your gifting is uniquely yours, to be a light to the world, to serve others. I might never grow hundreds of tomatoes, but I'm certainly going to keep using my specific giftings to serve God and those around me. And there's one specific gift that all of us can embrace— and it really gets highlighted this time of year, and that's generosity. As we celebrate God's gift to the world and exchange gifts as well, we should remember that generosity is a gift. These types of gifts can be tangible in nature, like a new toy for a child or a donation to a charity, time volunteering for a particular function, or a meal shared with a family. But these can also be intangible. Maybe it's having a new appreciation and understanding towards somebody who thinks differently than us, or giving grace to somebody who makes us angry. But it doesn't become a gift 
unless we give it away. No strings attached. You know, here's my money. Here's my time. Here is grace and understanding and love and attention and appreciation and forgiveness. At Christmas, we probably see a lot of people we don't see at other times of the year. Sometimes we can't wait to see people, and other times we might dread to see them. It could be that relative that keeps rehashing something from years ago, or a parent or child where past words or actions have created wounds that run much deeper. Regardless of what it is, it's obvious when there's a wall that exists. Christmas offers us opportunities to restore relationships, open up communication, and heal wounds. We can do it by giving the gift of forgiveness. Jesus gave it to us, and we can give it to others. Forgiveness is really a form of generosity. And if we're guilty of something that we pray others will offer us forgiveness for, it could kind of be like a gift exchange. Scary to bring up? Maybe. Restorative in nature? Well, I guess you'll never know until you put it out there. You see, it's not enough for us to give mechanically or out of habit. We have to overcome that fear. It's not enough for us just to give out of a feeling of, we must do it. God wants our giving to be an expression of love. The degree of the expression of love is not determined by the dollar amount of a gift. It's determined by the value of the gift to the giver. The value of that gift is seen in its cost and usefulness and the motive for why it was given. God's greatest gift to us was a gift of love. I read in a study recently that nearly half of all shoppers will purchase at least one gift card for somebody this season. But another study said that the typical American household has an average of $300 in unused or unredeemed gift cards lying around. That adds up to billions of dollars just sitting around. Sometimes they're misplaced, accidentally thrown out, or only partially redeemed. Well, will God's gift to you be redeemed and used, or just left in a drawer? God has given us the costliest gift imaginable. But just like all of the gifts you'll get this Christmas season, you have to receive it, and open it, and use it. Think about the gift God sent to this world through Mary. Completely unexpectedly, an angel came and told Mary she would be with child and she was chosen to carry God's son into this world. Mary carried Jesus for nine months in order to deliver him to the world. We carry Jesus every day to deliver him to the world. We take him to mankind so that Christ might literally touch people through what we say and what we do. When we allow Christ to live through us in this way, we're sharing our very life, literally everything we have, more than anything that can be bought. Have you ever thought about it this way? God basically asks us to do the same thing he asked Mary to do. He came to Mary, somebody who really had nothing to give, and basically said, make your body a living sacrifice for me. Trust the plan I have for you. Now he looks at us and says exactly the same thing. God gave the world the most precious gift in his son. This Christmas, remember that the true value of a gift depends on how you measure it. While a gift with a big price tag might seem more valuable, 
that's really only by the world's standards. The gift of the true meaning of this season is something beyond measuring its value. Anyone who knows me personally knows that Christmas is by far my favorite holiday. I clamor for the twinkling lights, the Polar Express and hot chocolate, the music. I love all of the things and all the events and all the details. I often get gifts from some of my students, and I truly do appreciate all of them taking time to think of me. But there's one particular one that I keep thinking about from this year. One of my students gave me a small piece of wrapping paper taped up, said she hoped I liked it, said Merry Christmas, and off she went to catch the bus home. And when I opened it, inside it was the most perfect gift. A small, handmade item with a handwritten note that included a dad joke. So perfect for me. Now, if somebody had seen this in a store, you might have passed it off as nothing much. But I imagine the hours and the time and the talent and the heart that was put into this gift was so much. And my heart leapt an extra beat. It was just perfect. You know, when we get wrapped up in the hustle and the bustle of the season, the perfect gift can arrive. One that took so much, was made with love and given without strings. And that's exactly what happened the very first Christmas. Christmas had come, and it was the perfect gift. I've learned in my nearly 47 years on this planet that God doesn't always answer our prayers exactly how we want them. But what God will always do is provide us a reassurance of how very much He loves us and cares for us. He's always with us. At Christmas time and every day, may we never take for granted the perfect gift that's already ours. Well, my friends, this concludes this episode of Q on Q. And from my family to yours, I want to wish you a very Merry Christmas. May you take some time and focus on the true meaning of the season in these coming days. Thank you for giving us the gift of your support through listening to this podcast. And as always, I really do appreciate you tuning in this week. We'll see you back here next time when we'll have more for you on Q&A.